0: Psalm 122, and as you're going there, kiddos, you might notice Ms. Mayor, our director of childhood ministries, and Ms. Trish, our director of preschool ministries, they are walking by with some goodies. We know it's been a while since you've been in the building. Y'all have made it this far. We're giving you a, a, a mid-service reward, kiddos. You're doing great. What we're actually doing, guys, is you've got your butcher paper in front of you. These are your utensils for taking notes and doodles during today's sermon. God has a message to uniquely and divinely speak to your heart from His Word today. Children, all the way up. And so hopefully this keeps you engaged a little bit, kiddos. Adults, I will admit, I saw a few of those adults in the first service today taking advantage of this. So just raise your hand a little bit. They'll they'll slip you some sidewalk chalk and you'll be all right as well. I hope you have a copy of God's Word this morning. If you are... Let's go there with me, if you would, to Psalm 122. Anybody need some sidewalk chalk? Let's get that, get that taken care of because it is paramount. And that's my boy. And I know as soon as I start talking, he's going to be the loudest. So right on cue, thank you, Judah. Moms, dads, don't worry about the kiddos. The Wiggles, don't worry about your spouses making extra noise as well. We're all kind of out of the norm, out of the routine of being in person like this, so we've got extra grace today, and what I know with the utmost certainty, God's going to move just like those tables are moving, that was my voice, I can do that, and God's going to be honored as well, so this is what the Word of God says, Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, anybody glad about that today, amen? Absolutely. Woo! Yeah, let's just rejoice. Absolutely. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that's bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. In Psalm 122, we see a portrait this morning regarding the fellowship of God's people. And how excited I've been for God giving us this message today because today being three months since we've last physically gathered in this capacity in person in the building. I've indeed been glad knowing we were coming to this day. In Psalm 122, it gets this portrait of the fellowship of God's people. If you take a survey of the book of Psalms, there's 150 chapters total. And then across those 150 chapters, there's a variety of different collections of books Where we find today in 122, it's known as a psalm of ascent. There's 15 psalms of ascent, chapter 120 to 134. And what that means is ascent, meaning ascending up towards something. And what the Jewish nation, Israel, would do is as they made their pilgrimages to Jerusalem, where the tabernacle, the temple, the the physical presence of the Lord was, they would reference and use and, and walk through these Hebraic phrases and chants and melodies and hymnals of the Psalms of Ascent in preparing to encounter the presence of God. The fellowship of God's people as the nation of Israel, the apple of God's own eye, His chosen people who deserve nothing of His grace, deserve nothing of His benefits, but God chose to establish them as a nation to bring forth the Messiah for all humanity. They came together at these annual occasions pursuing the presence of God as the fellowship of God's People, And during ancient Israel, the, the type of worship this was, was literally a house of God. This was a temple, a, a tabernacle, physically constructed according to divine decree. According, you can go through the Old Testament. See precisely how the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, gave the Israelites his commands and his, his instructions on how to assemble his physical house there in Jerusalem. And now this took place three specific times during the year. It says, they were glad when they got to go to the house of the Lord. And the backstory here comes from Deuteronomy 16. We won't go there together, but Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 and 17, speaks about three specific times a year when the nation of Israel, male at a minimum, God said at least your men, three times a year should make their way to Jerusalem for these occasions. The first was for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We know it more familiar as the Passover The second one was the Feast of Weeks, weeks, like weeks on the calendar. We know it more familiar as Pentecost, the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And the third was the Festival or the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles, where God dwelt with his people, provided them exodus from the Egyptians all the way to the assured, promised, promised land across the River Jordan. So three times a year, you can imagine the nation of Israel far and near, converging to Jerusalem to collectively go as the gathered fellowship of followers of God to his physical presence represented there at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And they would walk through these Psalms of Ascent. If you look at two Psalms just before 122, there's a cry for desperation, a range of emotions. And in Psalm 121, there, there's this overwhelming concern for the hazardous journeys of life But then when you get to today's passage, Psalm 122, notice what happens when the fellowship of God's people takes place in the presence of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The distressed cry for deliverance in Psalm 120, the uh, concern of hazardous life journeyings of Psalm 121, they're totally eclipsed. By the joy, the gladness that overflows someone's life when the fellowship of the saints, the fellowship of God's people is at hand. So he rejoices. Proclaims how their feet have been standing within the gates of Jerusalem. You may notice uh, these people, they have not been in quarantine for three months, okay, like we have. But they have been living the majority of their year separated, fractured out to the the furthest extent of the countryside of Israel, making their living, providing for their families, following God's will for their lives. They've longed for physical, in-person gathering. And these three times of year, they have the enthusiasm, the excitement to come together. And regardless of what life's journeys have looked like the year before, what, regardless of what they might have ahead of them and the burdens that that might be in, uh, including, the gladness of the fellowship of God's people eclipses all of that. I mean, y'all were cheering just a moment ago that we are physically gathered today. We'll see about next week, right? Some of y'all next week, y'all are going to be unhappy again, aren't you? Just, let's be honest in this community of believers, right? But the gathering of God's people, fellowshipping together, brings that gladness, brings that joy precisely what we've encountered over the last three months, because regardless of what's going on around us, we know we've got something so much greater. We know we've got someone so much greater beyond what comes and goes in this world. Of God's people, there was life and hope as they came together. Jerusalem, built as a city. From verses 3 to 5, the psalmist provides some extensive description here. What is Jerusalem? What does it really look like? Well, he describes it Jerusalem, Yerushalayim in the Hebrew, literally meaning the city of peace. He says, You are like a city. So here it's a ge- geographical location, a, an actual city that's been recorded throughout history, still there today. It's a city, but, but more importantly, it's a collection of families. It says, It's built as a city collection of families coming together. And then it says that is bound firmly together. There in the city of peace, which is found in the assembly of God's people, there is stability of life. We've known stability of life over the last three months. Not because we have good health insurance. Lord knows, dare I say, not because of the government in place. We have a stability of life because we are a fellowship of God's people and we know who's got the world in his hands. We know who creates with a speak, a spoken word, with a breath from his voice and it comes into existence with no ingredients, no materials needed. Built as a collection of families coming together, bound firmly, there's stability when they're together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Not only are there a collection of families coming together, not only is there stability found in the fellowship of God's people, but here there's this reality that these collections of families have come together and they have made commitments to one another where they can speak of one another as different tribes. My bride who just had to go out. Sorry, honey. Twelve and a half years ago, 13 years ago on July 21st, next month, Y'all make sure she knows I remember that date, okay? She may not have heard that. Thirteen years ago, before God, before my family, before the church family, she chose to allow me to be part of her and in the tribe together. There's a choice that is made, a covenant made, to be part of a tribe with one another. And in that, there's covenant made and commitments made to come alongside one another as Part of that tribe. And here, not only is it just a a happenstance, a collection of families, but they've come together committing themselves as the people of God, as the children of God, as the nation of Israel, the true gathering of God's people in unity as tribes of the Lord. I want us to notice two things. Understanding the background of this is great, understanding what's going on with the Psalms of Ascent, that's great. But here's two things we want to see. As this this fellowship of God's people came together, they did two things every time. It's epitomized in Psalm 122. As they came together, they remembered and they responded. As they came together, they remembered and they responded. The fellowship of God's people, it was a gathering in which they first remembered redemption. They came together based on these three feasts. The three divine decrees for them to go to Jerusalem. And in that gathering of God's people, they remembered redemption. Remember the first was the Passover. Think about what they remembered in that feast, that actual festival. They remembered that hundreds of years ago, their ancestors were slaves in bondage to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And that tenth and final plague came that Moses warned them about. Saying the the oldest, the firstborn of your household will be struck dead overnight unless you have faith in the God of Israel and place the blood of a pure and spotless lamb over your doorposts and trust in that and have faith in that blood and being obedient to the Lord. And the death passed over those homes. So they'd go once a year. They'd gather as a fellowship of God's people and remember that redemption provided through the Passover lamb. They'd also gather together as a fellowship of God and of God's people and they would they remember the redemption that came in the the Feast of Weeks, Mount Sinai. You might be thinking, wait a minute, Mount Sinai, that's, that's the law, the Ten Commandments. Redemption with the law? Absolutely. God has always operated with grace and truth. And yes, even under the Ten Commandments, there is grace and truth. Where God has shared his truth with humanity. And what does humanity do every time? We disobey him. All throughout the, the pages of history, humanity receives a truth from God and chooses not to completely have faith on that. And so the Feast of Weeks celebrates and remembers the redemption that God provided through the law saying, here's how you can best follow me. Here's how best you can be faithful to me and then I provide the blessings of, of your loving of me as God and your loving of others outside of your relationship with me as God. Feast of Weeks, they would remember the redemption through the law. And then that third one as well. The Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Shelters. Remembering that God not only rescued them from slavery, but He provided the fullness of redemption in giving them the promised land that only God could afford them. The fellowship of God's people comes together. Ever since the Old Testament, ever since the nation established, ever since there ever was a people of God and always in the fellowship of God, they come together and in their gathering there is a remembrance of redemption and a response to redemption. How foolish would it be to imagine that you remember the redemption of the Passover lamb. You you remember the redemption of the law. You remember the redemption provided through the promised land. And then it doesn't cause any action in your life. Remembrance of the redemption God provided these people of His always led them to respond in obedience. Look at verse four, to which the I'm sorry verse, uh, yeah, verse four, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as it was decreed for Israel, they went up and they remembered His redemption in these situations, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. When the redemption provided by the Lord is remembered, what naturally flows from that. Gratitude. heart of thanksgiving for what God has extended to humanity that we can never deserve or earn within our own resources. But what also comes out of that thanksgiving and gratitude is an action, an appropriate response to the redemption in our lives. For the Israelites in Psalm 122, we see it played out in their prayer in verses 6 to 9. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace, security within your towers. So they're praying for the peace of um, Jerusalem. There's prophecy and historical timelines we can walk through, and God's plans for Israel as as a Jewish nation and things like that. Absolutely. We're not going to dive into those details this morning. Not not first week out of the gate, guys, okay? But based on their remembrance of God's redemption, they are grateful for all he has done. And then their prayer is Lord, we want to respond with lives that show that which you've done for us in a way that honors you. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Notice, I told you earlier, Jerusalem is a city. I know that's not earth shattering, okay? But verse 6, look at what happens here. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If you stop right there, you're thinking it's just a city. It's just some geographical location. But then notice what's used in the second part of verse 6. May they cure who love you. God chose Jerusalem as a city for his people to gather these three times a year to remember and to respond. It's not based on a city. It's based on a people gathered together with their commonality of faith in relationship to God. So they remember God's redemption and they want to respond in a way that's appropriate, thanking him for that and asking him to help them live it out accordingly. Psalm 122 talks about the fellowship of God's people. What about today? It's our second service today. We celebrate baptisms. We have got live stream going on for those who have different underlying conditions or just not com- not comfortable being with us today. But today we are 3 months to the date from since we last physically gathered in here. And I'm sorry some of y'all are in the splash zone here. You just got to you're taking your lives in your own hands. Three months to the date. I remember because Wednesday, March 11th, things were so so good, guys. Let me tell you. We went to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Remember that? Oh, just think about all those crowds touching each other. Oh, my goodness. Life was good. Our little Levi, he did the mutton busting. He left 24 other little sissy cowgirls and cowboys in the dust. He won the buckle, baby, out of two dozen other kids. Yeah. (laughs) woo And Jennifer and I thought, man, today cannot get any better. Levi is the mutton-busting champion. And we were right. The world shut down. We got kicked out of the rodeo that day. The world closed down on Wednesday, March 11th. And here we are three months later since our last physical in-person gathering in this building, in this facility, in this way. As a fellowship of God's people, Here's what we've got to realize. Psalm 122, it's got prophecy implications. It's got neat little timelines of history we can further consider. But ultimately, as is the totality of Scripture, the most significant portion is us realizing how it, is speak, how it may be speaking toward what Jesus as Lord and Savior has established and sustained. So as a fellowship of God's people here today, here's the opportunity we have. Here we are, 2020, June 7th. We're people of God. We're in community with one another. As a people of God, we realize we're made imago Dei in the image of God. God is Trinitarian, right? God the Father, God the Son has always existed in perfect, harmonious fellowship in eternity past and will in eternity future based on the fellowship and unity provided from God the Spirit. So the Trinity, God is communal. We are made in his image. We are communal. We realize that as followers of Jesus, but regardless of what humanity realizes, all humanity is communal. And they ache for community. They ache for fellowship of substance and meaning and purpose and impact that is worth their investment. And we see it all around the globe. Most of the time it's stained with sin and perversions, compromises, forsaking integrity for the sake of just belonging and having a purpose you can go to social media check out facebook and you can have 71 options to identify what your gender classification is that you might be a part of a community or fellowship you're comfortable with you can be male you can be a female if that's not acceptable to you you can identify as pan gender i had to look it up i'm only 34 guys i didn't, I didn't know what that meant Maybe you're pan gender, where you feel like you identify with a full spectrum. You encompass everything on the spectrum of gender, from male to female, and leprechauns and unicorns all in between. We kind of laugh at it, but ultimately, it's just a sad reminder: there is a creation out there, a human race out there, longing for community in which God has implanted in them, being made in His image, and they are seeking. All means necessary to belong, and most often not finding the grand design. LGBTQ, they've added to their community. Now it's LGBTQ AI for artificial intelligence. Whatever we can come up with for humanity to find a belonging. But here we are. Today, we don't remember redemption in the same way the Israelites did. But what do we do in our gathering? We remember the redemption provided from the, the once for all Passover lamb, don't we? That humanity and our sinfulness, the chasm was too great, but God sent his, his own son to live a perfect life as the true spotless lamb of God. And then he died a death we deserve because of our sin. And then he went to a grave that we deserve to go to. And just as we sang earlier, his body that was lifeless in the ground, Dead. On our behalves, for you and for me. On that third day, breath came back to his breathless life, his body, and he resurrected from the grave. Hallelujah. There's a couple of you. Praise the Lord. We come together as a fellowship of God's people. We remember the redemption through the once for all Passover lamb. We also do it about about the law and the truth and grace because in this law, Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish it, it was good. Because it revealed to us His character and helped show us how to love God better and love others. We celebrate that. And the grace we can now live out based on that which has been extended to us. Everything we do weekly on our Sunday gatherings is to, administer, to help administer the grace from God to us. And the singing and the preaching and the praying and the sidewalk chalk on the butcher paper. Whatever it is, we are coming because through the truth and grace, God extends that to us. And absolutely, though not the same as Psalm 122 in the Feast of Booths and Tabernacles, but yes, in our gathering, we remember the redemption that he has bought us and purchased us with his blood in our dead condition. But not only does he save us, praise be to God, there is an eternal promised land waiting for everyone who professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, We remember in our gatherings the redemption afforded us through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But it doesn't stop there. We recognize in the gospel, we have that community. We have that fellowship that is worth all of our being. And we know there is a world out there today... For the last three months, they've been quarantined. For the last three months, they have been halted on their normal in-person interactions across the globe. So today, the opportunity we have as God's people gathering, remembering his redemption, the opportunity we have in response to redemption is to recognize humanity to the ends of the earth has a desperate longing for community Like never before, and as life gets back to whatever normalcy we're able to get to, please, Lord, college football. I say those every day. I mean, if the Ags are going to win another national championship since nineteen thirty nine, it's bound to be post COVID, right? And it's it's bound to be some weird year this year. Nobody, whoop! Come on, there we go. Luke, I just baptized you, man. Come on. Oh my goodness. We have a human race longing for community like never before. How will we in our fellowship of God's people remember his redemption and then allow our response to go to the lost in our city, our mission field, and present to them the invitation to be welcomed into the community, the family of God. I think that's what God wants us to hear today, church. Our first physical regathering reminder that we gather to remember the redemption He afforded us, yes. But to also remember it doesn't stop there. That as we leave this place today, we enter our mission field, the city God has providentially placed us, that we may go and show those others that if God in Jesus, as Jesus, the Son, the Savior of all creation, can take me in my broken condition and accept me and make me holy, and heir to his righteousness based on his death, burial, and resurrection, he can do the same for my neighbor and my community and my city. So will you, Katie's first, commit yourself to that. Fellowship of God's people, we come together and we remember his redemption, and out of remembering his redemption, we respond to that redemption and living for his glory and the good of humanity around us. So I want to pray for us, and I want us to consider just that, How we're accepting that mission that God's placed in our lives. Father, thank you first and foremost that you made a way. Thank you first and foremost above all other things that in our hopeless condition, in our sin in which we deserve death and eternal separation from you, you sent your son who lived a perfect life, died the death we deserved and rose from the grave that we might have everlasting life. So, Father, I pray that the remembrance of the redemption you've extended us will now motivate us in all areas of our lives. That we will, in our remembrance of redemption, now respond to the redemption in our lives. That you might use us for your glory and renown that you might use us to invite others into this community in which there is a fullness of joy being able to gather as the people of God. We thank you that we do have a building and a facility to gather. But Father, at the same time, we affirm and recognize it's not about this building. It's not about this facility but it always has been and always will be about the body of believers here chasing after you together and the fellowship